0: Hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and still to the best of my knowledge, the only daily podcast of its kind in the business. Every day we will provide positivity and honesty while simultaneously, of course, respecting what is uh, well, what is a colossally crap event for pretty much everyone in, in London and the world. Uh, on the podcast today, it was a dating special. We discussed single life against the backdrop of London in lockdown and of course all the emotional and logistical challenges that that brings and my goodness we had a really good guest on we had leading London and international dating coach Johnny Castle on the show about how to use social media how to use dating apps and overall just how to be kind to people in the dating world in, uh, in 2020 in coronavirus times. I was, I was actually personally feeling a little bit under the weather today but a uh, bit of a cough and a hot head. but when I'm only at 50% you can always rely or Mr. James Ware, to operate at 150%. James, I know you Skyped me a couple of times today and on both occasions I was lying in bed eating wine gums, but I was sat upright for the pods and I'm glad I was because you were on fire today, my friend.
1: Thanks, man. I hope only in the non-temperature sense of the phrase, just to clarify that. And people right now don't really want reminding what is in the air, but love still is in the air too, as we discovered throughout today's podcast and i'm discovering right now as i'm getting eerily product placed adverts for sending delivery flowers so it's nice to know that not only you dave and all of our lovely listeners are listening to me but computer advertising is too
0: (laughs) we're here every day on the london coronavirus podcast enjoy the pod (laughs) James, before we talk about dating, let's just talk about distance for a moment. It really struck me today uh, that I went out on my my little one allocated walk of the day and it hit me that that pavements aren't really built to respect this two metre rule. And I must have broken that two metre rule about 50 times on my walk today just because people were walking past and the pavements are such that you do cross to within that radius of each other. And I would have had to continually kind of zigzag across the street to avoid breaking the law. And it's kind of weird because the entire world is set up now to have people in close proximity, right? So pavements, cities, and the entire planet and countries, everything is everything's not really suited to the situation we find ourselves in now. And... Listen, everything's changed so quickly. We've entered a new world and everything within it is new and very, very odd. But I just wondered uh, how you're adjusting to this kind of two metre game of London Monopoly these days, mate. Yeah, I'd say it's
1: really stretching me in a way that might require a sports massage sooner than is legal at this rate. (laughs) I mean, particularly park paths. I've discovered you want to use your one allocated run or walk a day to try and get a little bit of fresh air and greenery in. So it makes sense to go to your nearest park if you're lucky enough to be near one, as I am. But park paths are very much not designed for this. In fact, quite the opposite, given that most of them are at max two metres wide... With the allocation allowed, if someone's on one side of a path and you want to be on the far side of a path, but then you've got someone sitting on a bench, I'm going to really need to raise my online yoga class game if I'm going to be able to pull (laughs) off the two metres gaps at all times there. And it's weird, isn't it, how quickly... Two metres has become the most iconic distance. I'd say for a long time, 100 metres was the most (laughs) iconic distance from the Olympics. But now the Olympics are cancelled or at least postponed for another year. The 100 metres is kind of off the meter shelf. Maybe a 10-meter diving board was kind of a close second, (laughs) but suddenly two meters is the only amount of meters that anybody is interested in whatsoever. And it is a hard one to measure, isn't it? Even if you're going out there with the absolute purest intention... And obviously we understand why this is a rule, that it's a key part of preventing the spread. So it should be taken seriously, like all of the other regulations which are being set. They're all with good reason. But even if you're going out with the purest of intentions of upholding your distance, keeping up your distance discipline, I feel we just don't have the spatial awareness to measure that. It's like living in some kind of walking mass problem. And unless everyone can get a delivery of some surveyor's equipment, unless that counts as an essential item right now, and I can get those kind of surveyor's laser cameras to keep my two metres around me at all times, I think the realistic truth is it's going to be really tricky. I mean, even just earlier today, I have the first moment where I ran into someone I knew just in the street, And what was so weird was because that hasn't happened to me for weeks now, I heard someone shouting at me from the other end of the street and there was no one else on this street. And yet my brain couldn't conceive of the fact that I might be about to have a social interaction. That possibility (laughs) was just not in my brain's software. So it took me a good five seconds plus to kind of compute and click into gear and be like, oh, hang on, that is actually a really good friend of mine shouting my name and anyway he was out with his girlfriend who he's staying with for this time I was out with mine who I'm also staying with for this time so we were out in our household unit and we were chatting to each other in the street and we were keeping our distance which was a weird catch-up vibe anyway now realistically whether we were the full 200 centimeters if you'd laid out a ruler was probably quite touch and go but as we were chatting in this empty street a window opened above us and a man yelled two meters out of the window at us in the street (laughs) And then shut his window. That was it. He he only wanted to contribute that, which has become something of a catchphrase. I've also heard this (laughs) shouted at people in the park. It feels like two metres has become something of a national catchphrase. And look, I completely get the rule, but it does seem that particularly in central London, even going out there and doing your absolute utmost to maintain those metres accurately all the time is going to be challenging, as you say,
0: Dave. Very, very difficult. And I think also someone shouting at you on the street, James, they have no idea, do they? I mean, the four of you could live together. You could be in some kind of bizarre polyamorous relationship, right? So I think that part of that kind of judgment is, is pretty odd. But I mean, my main thing about it was I don't really know what two metres is. Mm. Like you say it and I know it, but, you know, we work in sort of feet and inches and... I asked you, James, how tall are you, and you said you're 180 something. Is that yeah. right? So you kind of we need to keep one James Ware and a little bit away from each other, and it's that's the, that's the only way at the moment I'm picturing it. As I go out in the street after say after you telling me how tall you are, James. So I'm trying to picture you flat out, and that's how far away I should be. Because I've never in my life really had to think about the two meter. I've just used I've just used space and, and instinct, and it's just never come up. So yeah, this is every part of this world. And every day now is surreal. It's just absolutely surreal. But two metres, as you say, it is the new measurement.
1: In spite of the need to keep your distance right now, singles around London, around the country and around the world, for singletons out there, are still wanting to get intimate, or at least as intimate as they can right now. And so I know that this is a tricky new dating world for people to navigate, just as it's a tricky new world in every other sense. New dating world, new dating rules, new dating techniques. And so we thought, who better to get some advice on navigating this new dating domain then internationally renowned dating expert, Johnny Castle. Here's what Johnny had to say.
2: In relation to, you know, how people can date in this kind of current situation, uh, the big play right now is online dating. We're definitely going to see a lot more activity on these platforms right now. Uh, people are sat at home; uh, they've got cabin fever. You know, they're lonely. Uh, now is the opportunity to get on these dating apps and you know see if you can get some matches in, or if the platform allows you to have open conversation right off the bat. Fantastic. Um, you want to be building up your pipeline through through this period. So when we come out of it, you know, you've then got a handful of options to actually pursue when things go back to normal. Because, you know, when, when we do get through this, it really is gonna be one hell of a party, you know. Uh, second point is don't overlook social media. Uh, what I say to all my clients is the real online dating is social media because everyone's on social media, right? We're all online, so that is the online dating. For me, the apps, um, they offer a bit more of a a niche in some cases, but for me, it's like, you know, it's very secondary. All of the, everyone is on social media. There needs to be focus on social media. Um, The stories on Instagram and Facebook, they allow you to hook onto conversation with that individual and keep the conversation going. So don't overlook social media. It's a big play. The third point is take a risk to get the reward. What does that mean? It means not playing it too safe whilst you've got a match or you've got a response on social media or on on one of these online dating applications it's you've got to convert it what i mean by that is you need to get it off the platform and onto more of a native platform such as whatsapp or messenger so you need to get their phone number and now more than ever people are going to be appreciating a phone call right or a video call right not everyone's going to feel comfortable doing a video call but i think now more than ever uh you've got a higher chance than than them complying to that um, than not. Now, the, the fourth point I want to make is an act of kindness. OK, now, if you're in a relationship with someone or you've been currently pursuing someone or you've sparked up an interaction with someone online, you know, and they're not feeling too well, you know, what, what I've been very grateful for is the act of kindness that have come my way through this um challenging time you know and, and some of those acts of kindness involved people doing my groceries you know i, I was really very, very grateful for someone uh, that was able to go out and get my groceries and look after me in that way another thing i would say is um, to perhaps make someone a meal right make someone a meal call an uber driver and actually have 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 that car uh, arrive at their at their um, place of residence with the, the meal that you've made with love, right? Another thing you could do is order them fresh juice, you know, food from their favorite restaurants. A lot of these restaurants now are converting themselves into be able to deliver your favorite dishes. So it's these acts of kindness and, and you know, kind gestures that will go, go a long way. Uh, challenging times like this do really show one's true character uh, we're going to see a lot of people breaking up with people unfortunately um, but we're also going to see you know new relationships form from, from this unique time so you know i think there's some strong points there uh whether you're in a relationship or you're pursuing new ones uh, there's something for everyone there okay um stay safe be sensible and um you know let's not be stupid yeah let's wait for this moment to pass so we can get on and uh get back to having a good time
0: wow well james i gotta say first of all i think it's so easy to kind of dismiss dating coaches and things like that i think that's the easy thing to do and think oh it's rubbish and it's nonsense but Well, there was some absolute gold in there, I thought. I thought it was very reasonable, some very practical points. And uh, listen, the whole be yourself and Potter around argument only goes so far. And I don't think that that's really going to help you in a coronavirus world. So thank you very much to Johnny for, for offering up some advice there. And I also want to say that just anecdotally and what some friends have said to me, James, is that you should not underestimate the power of the apocalypse on a human's kind of desire for affection. And I know the mainstream UK media have gone for a kind of The world is about to end vibe and that is frankly rocket fuel, I think, for the London dating scene in many ways. Now, I'm not condoning people meeting up. Of course, uh, government guidelines should be adhered to. That is obvious. But the reality is biology is biology. And if we're locked up for six months, people, single people are going to meet. That's just reality. So, yeah, there's a lot of different uh, a lot of different layers to this. Some of which will involve breaking the law if you want to meet up with someone and you can't right now. Uh, But I just got to say, yeah, I thought there was some, some gold in there from Johnny.
1: Yeah, I like the personal touches he was suggesting, whether that was over social media or even like delivering food in an Uber. Finding ways to make a personal difference to someone like you would in the physical world in this strange new coronavirus world we're living in. And for anyone else who wants any more of Johnny's tips, you can find him on Instagram at London Dating Coach on there. But yeah, I thought that really got me thinking as well about how he was saying people could use social media rather than just relying on dating apps. And I've certainly heard of lots of people hearing from people they hadn't spoken to in a long time, getting in touch. I know you've got some messages about that, that we've got coming up. In terms of this being the Armageddon aphrodisiac, that this is kind (laughs) of like an overly romantic time, I heard a ridiculous story a couple of weeks ago before this had all really hit home in the UK because, and it's weird how much this sounds like talking about an era as far back as the Victorian age now, but for my mum's big birthday, luckily enough, it was just before travel stopped and we were in Bruges in Belgium celebrating that again this feels eons ago now even imagining that as a scenario we got super lucky with the timing because they closed all the restaurants in Belgium two nights after her birthday thing so it was just really fortunate timing that the whole thing went ahead anyway and I was on the Eurostar back the morning after that with this strange sense of like coming into a London that was about to really face up to something. It, it was a really strange feeling like I've never had before that journey. But I was overhearing a couple of other British guys who sounded like they probably worked in something to do with the government out in Brussels or something. And they oh, were right. reading the news and really making light of the whole situation, which I guess was kind of fair enough then, right? It really hadn't hit home fully in the UK yeah. yet. And one of them was reading about him and said to this other chap, oh, do you remember Mark? And this guy was like, yeah, yeah, Mark, he's quite a character. And this man then recounted that Mark, as soon as he'd heard the news, had got himself on a plane to Milan, convinced that this was going to be the perfect opportunity to sweep up ladies, that like you hear stories of people in war zones desperately looking for the comfort of an instant love affair, he thought that was going to be the case. Apparently, spoiler alert, Mark had got to Milan, discovered that no one was leaving their apartment, and it had been a completely failed mission. So he'd actually ended up more single than ever before in Milan, rather than the opposite. But weird how there's a sense that even in the dating world, even with people sticking to the rules and just doing it online, maybe there is an opportunity that lies within this, as Johnny suggests, rather than it seeming like the immediate full-on handbrake that it would seem to be on single people's love lives.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting, James. We, we were talking this morning off pod and uh, we wanted to get a couple of people who are single on the pod to send in little audio messages of their experience. And, you know, single people can be a little bit shy. And James, our, our small, loyal, but growing audience, perhaps, uh, perhaps they're a little bit shy of speaking openly in front of them. But a couple of uh, single people in London have messaged me and said, uh, give me permission to read out what they said and how they uh, feel the London dating scene has quickly evolved or changed completely in life. Light of what's happened with coronavirus so first uh, natasha she said i can use her name i think because I, I don't think we've got t- too many mutual friends so uh, natasha was more than happy for me to read this out she sent me this whatsapp message this morning james when i i asked her how she felt things had changed in terms of the london dating scene and she said this i've never seen anything like it old flames sliding into my dms boys i kissed in school when i was 13 extending olive branches and inquiring over current postcodes the never-go-back rules of dating seem to have been eradicated, and the weird thing is, I kind of like it. So, so that was Natasha I think just giving a bit of first-hand, uh, first-hand evidence of what you would perhaps expect to happen in this, uh, in this bizarre, this bizarre world we find ourselves in now. And the other was Harry from Hackney. Harry's not his real name. He said only one thing has changed: logistics are harder. But then I live in Zone Five anyway, so it's always been tough. <laughs> so, there's a couple of Londoners just just telling you how how they're finding these, as the plates really shift uh, in, in terms of dating in London. But it is a new world, no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot about former Flames getting in touch, like mm. Natasha says. I was hearing from someone the other day where we were talking about the new video chat app crazes, and they just downloaded House Party, and they went on there for the first time, and they were just going to have like a little test run, you know, figure out its features, ready to actually get on board the party train. And they opened up House Party and apparently immediately this face popped up and it was the boy in the the year above them at school who everyone had had a crush on. And she hadn't seen this guy in like 10 years and sort of almost thought she was like imagining it, like hallucinating his face. And he was like, oh, hi, I, I just wanted to ask how you are. And she was kind of there just back from Iran, like, oh, wow, hang on, here I am. But like, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? But not only it seems to be bringing together people who haven't spoken in a long time, as they're reaching outside their immediate circles because of this, but also that it gives you an immediate and obvious way to strike up conversation, right? Often the hardest thing about online dating for lots of people, whereas right now people just want to be asked. How are you? How are you finding yeah. this? How's working from home? Just simple questions. We have so much in common right now. Maybe we've rarely had so much directly in common before with so many people as this situation has made us have. So you could see how that's providing new opportunity. And there is opportunity in the physical world without breaking the rules, too. The best news story I've seen on that this week comes to us from New York City, where they're entering, I believe, a second week of a really full-on lockdown there, which in New York and its small apartments, you can imagine, is getting mm. pretty intense. And it's driven people to try and start exercising on their rooftops to get a bit of fresh air. And this one chap, who's a freelance photographer by the name of Jeremy Cohen, had been excising on his rooftop and had seen this girl he took a shining to on a rooftop across the way. So in a plot straight out of a rom-com shot in the city, so they named it twice. He did some, A very modern rom-com, James. A very modern yeah, rom-com. Yeah, a very up-to-date rom-com. I imagine this is what... You've got mail, you've got mail, but, you
0: know, <laughs> quite far in the future.
1: <laughs> you've got mail that's been <laughs> disinfected, yeah. We need to bring movies <laughs> up to speed. That's a whole other topic. But, yeah, um, he was on this rooftop, saw this girl he took shining to, and he had a drone up his sleeve as a piece of his photography equipment, so he sent this drone over to her rooftop with his phone number on it, and this worked. She reached out, they had a FaceTime date, and they've hit it off since. So, proof that even while observing all the rules, there's still room for bold romantic gestures, as Johnny suggested. And perhaps these are more appreciated than ever, in fact. No. Romantic gestures right now aren't just valued by those looking for love, but those who have entered this in love or at least sharing a household. How long that love lasts, I guess, is all going to be relative, as we're hearing. (laughs) James, you can't say that. (laughs) No, but with the different strains this is putting on people's relationships, right? And obviously, with people who are living together, whether they've lived together before or not. It's super intense for people to be spending all of that time together. Even married couples, as we were hearing earlier in the week on London Coronavirus podcast, are not used to spending 24 hours a day in the same building together. And those people want to live up their dating lives too, right? You don't want to just have the humdrum, even though you're stuck indoors. And that brings us to today's Living the Quarren Dream. Which is courtesy of my friend Gabby, who I saw on Instagram had had an ingenious idea, very simple idea too, of how she could bring a bit of romance in rather than going out under the current situation. <laughs>
3: hello everyone Uh, this is gabby i hope everyone is uh fine safe and coping well we are now uh more than two weeks isolated just going out for morning runs and um, doing groceries when required so we basically um you know you need to be creative to start coping so yesterday we decided to go on a date in our living room so we I said, Louis. I invited Louis, who's my fiance. So look, we're going out on a date today. Uh, Let's get ready, like if we were going properly to a restaurant. So Louis was wearing a suit. I was wearing a long dress, um, makeup on. We, you know, properly dressed. It's been two weeks since we've been like switching between gym clothes and pajamas, so it's actually quite nice. So we, instead of cooking, we ordered some food. Uh, we've been cooking every meal also for for the last two weeks. So we got ready, went to the living room. There was some music, nice music playing. Um, we sat on our sofa for a drink, which is basically the lounge of the restaurant. Had some olives. When the food arrived, our table magically got ready. There was a nice reserved sign, a bottle of wine already in a decanter uh, for us. We had some food and then we had a dessert. And then after that, we decided to go for a couple of more drinks in the sofa, um, play some music, chat a little bit. And after that, we spontaneously decided to go to the cinema. So we actually had also a, a movie session after that. So yeah, that we, we highly recommend you to go out of your pajamas and your gym clothes and just do something a bit different. It, it, it cheers you up a little bit. Yeah, I hope everyone is is well and keep safe.
1: Bye bye. Wow, well,
0: that was kinda of beautiful, James.
1: Yeah. I I could all <laughs> too easily associate with that zigzag between pyjamas and gym gear and back again a loop that completes it all (laughs) too quickly so I love how they got dressed up and I thought it was super sweet like the little touches and those seem important right now whether you're trying to reach out to someone who you want to date online or you're actually living with someone those little personal touches those Thoughtful touches and maybe more valued and more important than ever. And I really loved him for photos, Gavi had of this. That it was like them having a drink in the lounge of the restaurant because (laughs) their table was taken and it it wasn't going to be ready for a few minutes. (laughs) Like those little things that just break up the monotony of this situation, I think were genius. And there is room for romance in this current setup, right? We're hearing all about like the strain this is going to put on people's relationships, the divorce rate potentially going up and all of that. But I think there's real room for romance in this situation in spending extra time together. And Gabby, I think, providing some real inspiration for people about just simple little ways that they can do that and exercise their creativity with that, which I think is really important too. I thought that the funniest line of relationships during this situation came actually from the deputy chief medical officer, Dr Jenny Harries. And when they were asking, they wanted clarification after the lockdown rules had come in on Monday night. Um, She was sent to face the press and the press asked her two times, three times, can you clarify what should happen with boyfriends and girlfriends? Should they be allowed to see each other right now or not? The response was framed in, look, the rules are the rules. If you're not a household unit, then you shouldn't be seeing each other. But then there was this bit to compliment that where she provided a bit of like Dear Deidre-esque relationship advice, went real agony on, and basically said, "This this is official government advice. She said, they should just test the strength of their relationship. And then... Test really carefully your strength of feeling. So I quite like the idea that all of those like myself who are living with their significant other because of this situation and wanting to be able to see each other and so have, being in the same household because of that. I like the idea that we're just partaking in a kind of government-level reality TV programme. It's like a British government-sponsored edition of First Dates, but the live-in edition. <laughs> like, super surreal set-up, that, when we're getting dating advice from governmental officials.
0: Next up on the London Coronavirus podcast, we've got the coronavirus confession section of the pod. This is the opportunity for anyone to come in, sit down and offload your sins. And listen, this podcast has been about dating and finding someone and finding a bit of companionship during this London lockdown. But the reality is no no matter how much pipelining you do, there will be lonely days. And today's coronavirus confession just gives a, a little example of how to alleviate that. And I've got to say after some Pretty tentative initial offerings, James, We had on the pod. The Confession Booth is now very much open to sinners of all shapes and sizes. And there's been a couple of really good ones recently. And this one today comes from CV.
2: G'day, James and Dave. This is uh, CB, living in London. Uh, I've got a couple of housemates. With, normally they live with me, but they've both gone home to be with their parents. And obviously, uh, my being down under, I'm stuck here on my own in a three-bed flat. And so I've taken up golf. I've decided to make a uh, golf course out of my living room. And uh got two holes, one in my flatmate's bedroom, number one, and the other one in, in the other flatmate's bedroom. And uh, yeah, I have a little golf course here. So uh, I play that about six times a day. And... Uh, that's
0: my coronavirus confession. Cheers. I play that about six times a day. That really got me, James, because I can imagine he's, he's underplayed by that by, you know, he could add a zero on the end of that. Yeah, think.
1: I'd like to know what his par score is. It seems while the flatmates are away, CV doff play. And I wonder what other inventive uses of flatmates' bedrooms people are making right now because many flatmates seem to have gone home to spend the time outside London or with their parents or whatever the situation is or with girlfriends or boyfriends. So if you've got a similar vein of coronavirus confession, we'd love to celebrate the level of invention when it comes to the use of flatmates' bedrooms while they're away. And I feel like having a home driving range is a very week one level of that, Dave. I think Mm. in a few weeks, if this situation remains the same, then there are going to be some pretty inventive, like it's a knockout style courses almost going on in people's homes once they've finished every jigsaw puzzle they have lurking in the cupboard.
0: (laughs) Next up on the London Coronavirus Podcast, we have our global update, the opportunity to drop in in a far-flung corner of the globe and just see exactly how everyone on the planet is experiencing this bizarre time. You mentioned earlier, James, on the pod that there's scarcely been an event, certainly in our lifetime and in the last 50 years, really, that has united everyone on this planet, albeit everyone is at a different stage and you've got to take into Take into account different cultural aspects and uh, different sizes of population, which is why it's, it's super interesting to go to countries big and small and just see how everyone is reacting, coping and hopefully trying to thrive rather than just survive in this situation. And today we've got an update from Tallinn in Estonia and my friend Mario, she she talks us through the situation in Tallinn. And, and again, it's it's a place and it's a country where that really hasn't got any any airtime at all in the UK media so let's just leave Mario to to update us on what's going on in Tallinn, Estonia.
4: Hello this is Mario speaking from Estonia and I'm going to give you a quick overview what's happening here regarding to coronavirus. At the moment we have 645 infected people one person is dead, unfortunately, and it's, these numbers are pretty big if you consider how small Estonia is. We only have the population of uh, 1.3 million people, so tiny country. On the positive note, which might be a bit negative as well, is that spring is here. So sun is out and this is not very usual situation for Estonians, as w- if we, when we see sun, we're all going to go outside. We are supposed to stay in, um, stay at home, like most of the people everywhere. Although we are allowed to walk on the streets, but maximum two people together and keeping the distance at least two meters with everybody else. But like I said, sun is outside, many people are on the streets. So this is a bit tricky. On the positive note, we, we are a tech country. We are like E Estonia. And uh, just a couple of days after the crisis started, we already managed to start Hack the Crisis Movement. So that was one online hackathon where so many great ideas uh, came up, came out. And, and I have to say our government was really quick to adapt them. So we have implemented ideas like a chatbot on a crisis website that younger people can use. So the older people who are really confused can use them phone line, like like they used to do. Uh, also, there's like a map of uh, Corona, uh, how it all moves in Estonia and, and so many other ideas, like how to bring people together, how to save their businesses, um, where can you volunteer if you want to do that. And this movement has gone global. So now everybody, wherever you are located, you can take part of it. Um, and and come up with really really good ideas and then for all the governments they can just uh, take it and imply it like straight away so yeah it's it's not not always bad I, I would say like everybody is bringing their business online and I believe it's it's gonna be a huge shift like how the economy works and how we can move forward from here thank you bye
0: Well, increasingly, James, with a lot of these global updates and we are, of course, completely Understanding of the fact that so many countries are in really really tough spots, but we are also seeing some positive signs. We're also seeing a lot of individuals and communities and countries kind of looking at the other side of this, and you've got to take positives where they present themselves. I think at this point in time, and Mario was certainly doing that. And it sounds like Estonia, uh, with their tech program, is is going to hopefully, when we get past this uh, coronavirus period of our our lives, Estonia is well set up as as a forward thinking nation, albeit a small one.
1: Yeah, that isolation innovation. Sounds like it's something <laughs> that's already being taken on board by other countries and inspiring different mm. things there. And I think something we can all think about, whatever we're doing right now, is what we can use this time to create that might be better in some ways than some of the things that have come before it. London. And now it's the time in the podcast, where as we get ready to wrap up another day's edition, we get a big hug without any physical contact required, courtesy of Coronavirus Kindness. And I was saying to Dave, before we start recording today, I just really feel like I want a kindness story that's related to dating, but I haven't found one yet. And then, I got a gift from the news gods with this one because a medical fetish company, how's that for a niche business, has donated its entire stock of disposable scrubs to the NHS. MedFet UK, for anyone who's got medical fetish needs in the future... (laughs) <laughs> said that they've been contacted by procurement representatives struggling to find the right equipment amid the coronavirus pandemic. So they've donated their entire stock of disposable scrubs to an NHS wow. hospital free of charge. Now, I. Definitely not into the whole disposable scrub thing, but that's a story that is arousing in all the best ways, I think, right now against this (laughs) negative backdrop. And also, before we wrap up the show, a quick update on yesterday's coronavirus kindness. I was mentioning my friend who I played football with, Floris, who was saying out to raise money so that he can cook healthy food for a different NHS emergency ward in London each day next week. Amazingly, and how's this for the power of social media, even on a really local level. He's raised over a thousand pounds in the first 24 hours. So he's gonna be able to keep this up for the whole of next week and if the money keeps coming he's going to keep those healthy snacks for our heroes coming too so if you want to donate to him now he's reading his industrial kitchen but you can still find him fed by floris that's f-l-o-r-i-s on instagram and the links to donate and to keep you updated with what he's going to be feeding them this week too mm-hmm.
0: end every day on London coronavirus podcast with a quote something perhaps to take away and set you up for the night and day to come and I know James in the last three days we've gone from the bible to Winnie the Pooh and Don Draper from Mad Men in between so
1: (laughs) it's real literary limbo this like you just never know what you're going to be
0: going on the next go on Dave a little, a little look into my library, perhaps. But yeah, so I've just taken a little step to the left because what I've got today is a quote from David Ooh. Blaine. Now, David Blaine is, is one of the many people I know, James, you've tried to contact to get on the show as a guest, right? And don't worry, folks, that one is still pending. We're, we're still working on that one. But David Blaine, for those Londoners who've been in this fine city for, for quite a while, will remember that he, David Blaine is a magician. He's an American magician. And way back in 2003, I think it was, he spent 44 days in a glass box in London, raised high right in the centre of the city. And at the time, I think a lot of Londoners thought it was funny to kind of throw food at him and dismiss what he was doing. He was in this very tight, confined, confined space. And it, it attracted an awful lot of publicity, as you can imagine it would. And uh, now you look at David Blaine, you think, my God, the guy was incredibly ahead of his time. But he spent 44 days in a glass box. And it just got me thinking, James. when I was kind of looking at my glass box of a flat that I'm staring down the barrel of spending 44 days plus him potentially, you know, how did he do it? And I was, I was looking at David Blaine and trying to find some, some stuff about him in case we could get him on as a guest. But I ended up with this quote and I thought it was, it was quite relevant and actually quite powerful. And David Blaine said this, I think anyone can do this if they train. I don't recommend it, but anyone could do it if there was a need.